0: Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe.
1: As I say, prayer is a vital part of the Christian life. If you are an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, I know you do pray, but let's learn from Jesus how to pray.
0: Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. How is your prayer life? Some people approach prayer as a ritual. Others know they should pray, but can't seem to find the time. Today on The Verdict, we're remembering that prayer is a critical part of our relationship with God, and our Lord Jesus has given us personal instruction. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe as we learn how to pray the Lord's way.
1: How would you describe your prayer life? Isn't it the case that most of us find praying difficult? We know we should pray, and we certainly pray in emergencies. but. Is it a way of life? Sadly, many followers of Christ neglect prayer. After our Lord Jesus warned us not to pray like a hypocrite, He now teaches us how to pray. All of you have heard of the Lord's Prayer and may have prayed it multiple times, but let's look at it afresh as we, like the disciples, want to learn how to pray. Jesus is not giving us a prayer to be recited in a mechanical way, but rather giving us a model, a pattern to follow. Let's learn from the lips of our Lord Jesus as we learn to pray the Lord's way. Do you know how to pray? Do you? Would you say that you know how to pray? In your heart, how do you answer this question? How is your prayer life? I know as a follower of Jesus Christ, you pray. But isn't it the case that we struggle in this very, very important aspect of the Christian life? Most of us struggle in our prayer life. As we read the New Testament, we understand that the disciples also struggled in this area. And Luke records them saying to the Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And we're going to listen the very words of Jesus as he's going to teach you how to pray. Are you ready to learn to pray? A couple of weeks ago, we learned how not to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't pray like the hypocrites. They pray long prayers. They pray mindless repetition. They pray to impress others in their ostentatious way of praying to get the praise of others who are impressed by their spirituality. Says Jesus, no, when you pray, I don't want you to pray like that. I want you to pray this way. Now, Jesus is not giving us a mechanical prayer that we're going to repeat mindlessly. He's warned us against that. Uh, this is not Jesus giving us uh, some kind of mechanical, pious platitudes to utter and think that we can use them as a kind of magic formula. No, that's not what Jesus is doing. Rather, he's giving us a model. He's given us an example. He's given us a pattern of how you are to pray. As I say, prayer is a vital part of the Christian life. If you are an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, I know you do pray, but let's learn from Jesus how to pray. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount and we come to Matthew chapter six. So as you sit at home there, I hope you've got your Bible and I'm going to read from Matthew six, verses nine through 15. Now, here are the words of Jesus. They're not mine. Are you listening? Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation But deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 15. Jesus is saying, first of all, and very importantly, when you pray, pray to your heavenly father. Now notice the command is to pray. When Jesus is talking against the hypocrites praying, he says in verses five and six, and when you pray, but when you pray, the assumption then is that you pray. And now in verse nine, he's saying, pray then like this. Yes, God wants you to pray. God commands you to pray. Jesus said we we ought to pray always so we don't get discouraged. Paul says in Colossians 4 to the Colossians, I want you to devote yourself steadfastly to prayer. He says to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. So every follower of Jesus Christ does pray. But as I say, most of us find it difficult, don't we? to have a consistent, vital prayer life. We don't want just to be like the hypocrites. We don't just want to pray when others are around. We don't want to be like that. And we don't want to pray mindlessly. We want it to be vital. We want it to be meaningful. And Jesus now is telling us, yes, we are in a spiritual battle. And Paul in Ephesians 6, when he describes the armor of God that we must put on, he says this, pray at all times in the spirit. That is, this obviously is a spiritual matter. And so when you're praying, don't pray mechanically. Don't pray in an ostentatious way. Be authentic. And you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. So pray at all times in the spirit. Our enemy hates it when you pray. When you get down on your knees humbly and pray to your father in heaven, Satan hates it. But the Lord is commanding us to pray. You will be spiritually strengthened, that I guarantee. When you're weak, when you're discouraged, when you're confused, when you don't know what to do and you get down on your knees and pray, God will answer your prayers. You will be strengthened. You will mount up with wings like eagles as you wait on the Lord and the wonderful thing is your prayers will bless others have you ever received an answer to your prayer some of you may hesitate and the reason you're hesitating is because you've never asked God for anything if you don't ask God for something how can God answer you When we pray, we sometimes don't understand why God answers this prayer and not that one, but the command is to pray. Now, says Jesus, pray then like this, our Father in heaven. This is how the prayer begins. And I'm going to mention four things about praying to your Father in heaven. So if you're taking notes, here's the first one. When we pray to our heavenly Father, we have a privilege. I'm praying to God, yes, but I'm praying to my Father in heaven, says Jesus. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the wonder of the Christian life is that I am adopted into the family of God. John, in his prologue in John's Gospel, says that some of the people didn't receive Jesus, but as many as received him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right listen to this, to become children of God. Think of that. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am now a child of God who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the man, nor of the will of the flesh, but of God. This is a spiritual new birth. We are born again. And when we're born again, we become part of the family of God. And so when I come to pray, I'm praying to my Father in heaven. Think of the power of God. Think of his eternality, that he always exists, that he speaks and it's done. He's a God who can do all things. He's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. And think of all of his relationships with man and woman recorded in Scripture and now. A little boy saved by the grace of God. Perhaps a little girl that no one knows. Perhaps a widow that is almost neglected by everyone. When they pray, they're praying to God, yes. But says Jesus, I want you to pray this way. Our Father in heaven. First, it's a privilege. Secondly, when we pray to our Heavenly Father, we have love. Because the very concept of praying to our Father implies an intimate and loving relationship with God. Think of this, when God in his grace saved you, he didn't need to adopt you into his family. I know many of you, part of this congregation, I love you, but I'm not gonna take you to live with me in my home. I really don't love you that much. I love you, yes, but you're not part of my family. But think of this, that God not only has forgiven your sins, not only has granted you eternal life, but has adopted you into his own family. So John can say in 1 John 3, as he talks about the love of God, he says, what kind of love is this? What manner of love is this that the Father has given to us that we're called children of God? Think of the extent of the love of God for you. As I say, he could have saved you and said, now you stay over here, but you, (laughs) I'm God and, and you can't be part of my family, not you. Perhaps this individual, but not you. No, he adopts us into his family. So when I'm praying to my father in heaven, I'm praying to one who loves me with an everlasting love. Just as a child comes to his father, to his dad, who loves him and he's welcomed. You parents, when your children come to you, you you welcome them with open hands. And so our father asks us to come. And ask. Jesus is going to say in the next chapter when you come to your Father, ask, seek, knock. And he says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Ask, seek, knock. Why? Because not only do we have a tremendous privilege here, this is a relationship. Of love. Do you understand that? Wouldn't that mean you want to pray more? If someone loves you, you want to be with them, don't you? Here's the third one. When we pray to our heavenly father, we have confidence. It's a privilege. It's a loving relationship, but we also have confidence. Why? Because this confidence flows from a loving relationship with God as my father now as a boy i was never afraid of my father and i would go to my father with some request if other children came to my father with the same request that would have been presumptuous perhaps even impertinent but i could always go to my dad he welcomed me why he loved me i was his son it was unthinkable that if I went to my dad with a good request he would say no go away John I don't have time for you I didn't have a dad like that no I came with confidence many of you know this I came with confidence to my father why because he was a a good father and that gave me confidence to to come to him yesterday Good and I spent some time with our grandchildren and when we go into their house. I'm virtually knocked over by them. They come and they run and they propel themselves at me and put their arms around me. They are confident. If you went there and you didn't know them, they wouldn't do it to you. I'm, I'm I'm their grandfather. They have that relationship with me and that gives them tremendous confidence that they're going to come. And so Jesus says, now I want you to pray pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven. What a privilege. What love. What confidence. Here's the fourth one. When we pray to our heavenly Father, we have security. We live and we see it all around us. We live in a very insecure society. People are insecure in their employment, insecure about the future, insecure in their relationships, in in their marriage, in their relationship with their parents or their siblings. We're riddled with insecurity. But when we come to our Father in heaven, it is with security. Now, I realize some of you come from insecure families where your father was distant from you. Some of you listening come from families or perhaps still are in families where you, where you never knew your father. He, he was absent. You never knew him. Perhaps he deserted you. Perhaps he was an abusive man. Perhaps he was an alcoholic and, and beat you and swore at you. And you say, John, when you're talking about... Uh, God being our father, that, that's not very good for me. Yes, it is. Jesus had said in chapter five, verse 48, your heavenly father is perfect. Not one of us has a perfect father. My father was a good man, but he wasn't perfect. You may have a very imperfect father, humanly speaking, but I want to assure you that irrespective of the kind of family you came from or the kind of family you're in. You have a secure relationship with God. He is a perfect father. And when you come in prayer to your heavenly father, this I guarantee, you never need to wonder if he's listening to you. You never need to think, am I getting through to him? Sometimes my wife will say to me, John, are you really listening? And sometimes I'm not really. That never happens with God. He's a perfect listener. He never sends you away. He never puts you on on voicemail, as it were, and says, well, I'll get back to you sometime. And then you wonder, is he really going to get back to me? He's never cruel. He's never harsh. In all of his dealings with you, his child, He deals with love and and grace. Yes, sometimes discipline. But always, always for your good. Why? He's your father. What a security. I think of it. The almighty God, the God and father of my Lord Jesus Christ. This God in heaven, this eternal God is my father. And says Paul in Ephesians 1, you are accepted in Christ I'm accepted by God the Father why because I am accepted in his well beloved son your father in heaven loves you he's a good father and your relationship with him is absolutely secure now as we think of the particulars of the prayer I want to say first of all the prayer is not all about you That's a problem today, isn't it? The prayer is God-centered. It doesn't begin with our needs. The first three, there are six requests. The first three are that God's name be hallowed, that God's kingdom come, that God's will be done. Notice how God-centered it is. Let's think first of all then of verse nine. Here's the first request. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's the first request. That God's name be holy. It is true. I have a loving and secure relationship with God, my Father, who is in heaven. That is true. Ah, but he's in heaven. And that relationship should never, ever lead to over-familiarity, but rather should result in humility and reverence. I don't know how you spoke to your father. Uh, My father was called Thomas or Tom. I didn't come up to my dad and say, well, how you doing, man? Uh, How you today, Tom? No, I wasn't taught like that. This is my father, dad. There's love, there's security. Ah, but there's respect. I'm told from scripture to honor my father and mother. Children are told to obey their parents. No, I come with respect. And certainly when I come to my father in heaven, yes, I marvel at his grace in adopting me into his family, but that does not lead to over-familiarity. He is god and his name is to be reverenced. God's name is holy. To be hallowed then is to be holy, is to be set apart, is to be sanctified. God's name is to be held in reverence. He's God, he's the unique God. When you hear someone's name, you think everything about him or her. I've been reading at this time about Winston Churchill so if you said to me the name Churchill, I think not just of his physical features, which were not particularly impressive. He was, he was a rather small man. Uh, he would never have got an award for good looks. Um, but I think not just of his physical appearance. No, I think of him as a great war leader. I think of his inspiring oratory. I think of his leadership at the time of chaos in the nation. So when you, you see someone's name, it is a summation of everything about that person. God's name, here's the point, hallowed be your name. Ooh. You say, what does it mean by name? Well, name is the sum of all of the nature and attributes of God. He's the sovereign, eternal, gracious God, and he's our father. So that means I come when I'm praying to God with joy, with, with confidence, with security, that's true. Ah, but I also come with reverence because he's in heaven. He's God. You come with reverence. You realize that we've come to worship God. Yes, with joy. Yes, with celebration. But also with focus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. Be your name. I fear, brothers and sisters, that we've largely lost that. The fear of the Lord, says Proverbs, is the beginning of wisdom. Hebrews 12, 28. Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name.
0: This is the verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the start of a message titled. Praying the Lord's Way. Part two is coming up next time, but right now we encourage you to visit our website and check out all the biblical resources and opportunities we have available at the verdict.org. One resource we highly recommend is the special booklet that complements this study on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's called Life in the Kingdom. And it's a booklet from John that focuses on the very practical instruction Jesus gave His followers about how to live each day for the glory and purposes of God's kingdom. So if you'd like to grow in your relationship with God this new year, reach out today and request your free copy of Life in the Kingdom by visiting theverdict.org. We also invite you to partner with us in what God is doing through The Verdict by making a donation of any amount. Your support makes it possible to share God's Word with new listeners in your community and around the world, and to continue this gospel ministry throughout the new year. You can easily give whatever amount you feel led to by visiting theverdict.org or send a check in the mail to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. And if you're near the Charlotte area, we also invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship here at Calvary Church, home of The Verdict, or join us remotely through our live stream online. Again, visit theverdict.org for more details. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe.
1: Well, what's your verdict? How would you describe your prayer life? Have you grasped the privilege of praying to your Heavenly Father? Do you know God is your Father? I'm asking if you've been born again into the family of God. While God is our Creator, He is the Father of those who have received His Son as their Savior and Lord. What an intimate relationship we have with God. That understanding revolutionizes our prayer life. Next time we'll continue thinking of some of the specifics mentioned by our Lord in this prayer.
0: Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.